0: It is a Wednesday. It is April 28th of 2021. Super glad that you've jumped in here with us this this Wednesday morning for these pastoral devotionals. For the past few months, we have been walking through the book of Exodus. I'm reading it, reading portions of it, explaining it, and then attempting to apply it and draw connections to, to our lives today. And we are now to the end of Exodus 34. And remember, you may not remember, but at the very beginning of this series, we read a passage from 1 Corinthians, I think 10 it is, where Paul talks about how the story of the Israelites and their coming out of Egypt, moving into the Promised Land, all of their different triumphs and failures, successes, um, disappointments, now, these were all stories that were given to us to provide for us examples and this passage little passage at the end of Exodus 34 is one of those where we don't have to wonder what it's about because the Apostle Paul in 2nd Corinthians 3 tells us exactly what it's all about and um, and these kind of passages are um, are, are, are fun to look at and study because they're they're incredibly revealing and they're going to show us something very very important about us and something very important about god so exodus 34 verse 29 through the end of the chapter a short little passage when moses came down from mount sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand as he came down from the mountain moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with god Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. Now recall the last time that Moses came down from the mountains with the tablets of stone, right? the people were worshipping a golden calf they were committing idolatry and Moses then subsequently smashed the tablets to symbolize the breaking of the covenant that was taking place on the part of the Israelites well now Moses has gone back up the mountain he's been there 40 days 40 nights he's come back down with the tablet with the tablets of stone and this is now take 2 and we know that something is immediately different. We know that now the Israelites are in a posture of receiving God and his word. Because it, sa- it says that Moses was literally shining. That there was this glow about him. And we don't know if this is like a radioactive glow. We don't know if this was like looking into the sun. Um, we're not entirely sure. But what we do know is that it was so bright, okay, and so... Blazing, that the people of Israel, Aaron, had to put a veil over Moses's face um, after he had been speaking with the Lord, lest you know. You can kind of imagine you're trying to go to sleep in the in the dark, and then somebody flips the light on. Like it, you you you. What what is your immediate response? You want to go turn the lights out. And somehow this was happening with Moses that because he had be, been in an unveiled presence of God, meaning he would, he would go into God, he would not have a veil on. He was speaking with God metaphorically face to face. He was having unhindered communion. And by virtue of him being in the very presence of God, God's, he just, he absorbs the glory of God. There's a reflection of the glory of God. We're not, we're not exactly sure how this worked. And that thus when he would come back into the presence of the people, he would be shining brightly. Right, and they would have to put this veil over his face um, lest people could not look at him and converse with him and talk with him. Then when he would go back in to talk with the Lord, Moses would remove the veil, um, so as to, again, once again, engage with God face to face. Now, there are several things that are happening here. Okay, Number one, once again, we see that Moses is the mediator for the people. He is the only one who can be in the unmediated glory of God and survive, right? Um, he's the only one, God, one who can meet with God face to face, and he's representing the people, and he sees the glory, but the glory of the Lord is so bright, it is so powerful, it is so all-consuming, that the people not only cannot look at God in his glory face to face, they couldn't even look at a reflection of his glory as seen in the face of Moses. So, so the first thing it shows us is Moses' as mediator. The second thing it shows us is that sinful man, hard-hearted, stiff-necked man, cannot taste and see that the Lord is good, cannot see the unmediated glory of God lest he would be consumed, lest we would be consumed. Um, and and only... okay by God making accommodation through this veil and having in us and man having a mediated presence is is he able to relate to God and so this would not have been lost on the Israelites right they would have been understood very simple object lesson God is holy God is glorious God is mighty God is pure we are not we can't go into the Holy of Holies we can't speak to God face to face only Moses can. He's the mediator. He acts on our behalf. And the glory of the Lord is so powerful, it is so all-consuming, that not only can we not look upon that, we can't even look upon a reflection of the glory, a shadow of the glory. And, and this would have reminded the people over and over again, um, we are a hard-hearted people that depend upon the very mercy and grace of, of God to reveal Himself to us. And as you can imagine, just kind of like when you have, you know you're trying to get in a sporting event and, and you don't have a ticket and it's sold out. And you're always maybe you're you're up your nose is up against the fence or you're trying to take a peek into the stadium through the, the opening and and you're just trying to get a to, to get a glimpse. You know you're not allowed in, but you want to see see it so badly. And this would have been the taste of the Israelites, right? They would have known that God dwells in unapproachable light. And they would desperately have wanted to see him, to commune with him, to be with him in his presence. But they would know they couldn't because of who they were, because of who God was, and thus the role of Moses the meteor. Now, obviously, this story um, is a parable for us, okay? Not a myth. It's, it's, a, it's an object lesson, For which is all pointing to the person and work of Christ and this is what Paul picks up on in 2nd Corinthians 3 now let me read this passage 2nd Corinthians 3 beginning at verse 7 and thinking about the passage we just read from Exodus now look at this by putting Christ in the center of that story how is that story of Moses's veiled face preparing for us the coming and glory of Christ. Okay. Verse 7, 2 Corinthians 3. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters of stone, the, the, the Ten Commandments, and he calls them the ministry of death, meaning they could not bring life. They could only highlight man's sin. Okay. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of his glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Or if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory had come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. So in other words, nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments, nothing wrong with this scenario in the Old Testament. Uh, It was full of glory but now something far superior to it has replaced it. Okay, The new covenant, let's read about that, verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the old covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. so Paul saying the law the old testament law the old covenant it it could not bring life right it could only expose sin it could only expose death nothing wrong with the old covenant in and of itself the problem was us we could not behold the glory of god we needed a mediator that was moses now amazingly paul says we no longer need a veil okay no longer does moses need a veil to shield the glory of god from us we don't need a veil meaning christ has lifted the veil Um, christ is the mediator right Um, and through jesus we can now see god face to face we can see the glory of god not only are we able to see a reflection of the glory of god okay so imagine not only can we look at moses without his veil and not be consumed but now we can look at the lord himself through jesus christ and have nothing that hinders our fellowship with him um he has he ha- he has removed this veil we no longer have to have a human mediator now jesus is the mediator himself He is the spirit he has given us life in our hearts and now this is why we can boldly approach the throne of grace. This is now why we um, do not have to suffer shame and condemnation in the presence of God. God is still an all-consuming fire, God is still holy, God is still pure and if we were to walk into his presence unmediated we'd be consumed, we'd be toast but we do have a mediator, a better mediator, a permanent mediator, that's Jesus. And because of him, there is no longer a veil that obscures the glory of God between us and him. Now there is freedom through the spirit to boldly approach. Now he does say, to this day, um, when the Jewish people read from the old covenant, that same veil remains over their hearts. In other words, they're they're worshiping the true God, but they're not worshiping him through the true mediator, Jesus Christ. Their, their hearts are hardened. The veil is over their eyes and their ears. Um, the glory of God is veiled to them, and it is only lifted through Jesus Christ. This is why we have the ministry of life, the ministry of the Spirit. It's far superior. It's a new covenant. It's not one written on stones. It's one that's written... On our hearts. And so, this is a pretty clear way of how we can read the Old Testament and see Jesus right at the center. Okay, so, Christian, um, remember that Jesus's posture to you, if you are in Christ, trusting in Him, is to receive you, is to love you, is to pour out mercy and grace because He knows how messed up you are and I am and sinful we are. And that we cannot enter His holiness, okay, apart from the righteousness of Christ given to us. And so, uh, what a great passage from Exodus and Second Corinthians to remind us of the precious truths of the gospel. Okay, that's it for this morning. We'll be back at it tomorrow as we come down the home stretch um, through our study of the book of Exodus. Exodus 35 tomorrow morning, uh, same time, same session. Let me pray, Lord. Please remind us that, yes, we need a mediator. And, yes, there's only one way between us and you, and that's Jesus Christ. But, Lord, let us live in that. Let us us glory in that. Let us rejoice in that we can see you um, with no veil. Behold your glory um, because of Jesus, uh, Jesus, his death, his righteousness given to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.